all of life right now, but especially my own, is at such a crossroads that like, I just feel like December 2020 is just like, like a firework. It's just like a jumping off yeah, point. It is. So I am like really eager to see where I am, really eager to see where everyone else is. And it's so hard to say, like, even when I was trying to, like, give my, like, intro on my bio, like, what I am, what I'm doing. It's, like, it's so hard to say because who I was is so different than who I am in this space, in this moment. And I know for a fact in my whole body that who I am about to be mm-hmm. is going to be so different from the person that I am right now. Welcome to Soul Rediscovery, where we explore a deeper meaning to life and our human existence through a soul-guided way of living in love, joy, freedom, and abundance. By choosing to live life above the fray of the chaos of society and tuning in to our badass and authentic multi-dimensional selves, we embrace a less stressful and more heart-centered, impactful way of truly changing the world and leaving it a better place for generations to come. I'm your host, Katherine Whaler, and I'm so honored you have joined us. So without further ado, let's dive in. Well, hello all, and welcome to a new episode of Soul Rediscovery. So first of all, I just want to say that your response to Truly's first episode completely blew me away and warmed my heart like no other. Um, All of you really, really, really enjoyed her and even said that you would love to hear her speak more. And so we will definitely, definitely, definitely make that happen um, because I definitely would love to have her more on the podcast as well, talking about all kinds of things. Um, But I want to address something because I feel like because we are such in unprecedented times right now. And I already know this astrologically speaking, but seeing it play out in our world, I feel like from now on, I really need to start dating when I record these intros and outros so that we know kind of the context of uh, when the episode was recorded. And then of course, when I recorded this. So at the time of this recording, it is January 12th. And uh, the day that I released Truly's episode, two hours later, there was a coup, which I think is the nice way of putting <laughs> what happened, um, at the United States Capitol building. And uh, quote-unquote coups uh, all around the United States at different state capitals. I have a lot to say about this personally, but I don't want to use that time for that. <laughs> for that. Um, what I do want to unpack from an astrological perspective, but also a uh, human rights and a civil rights perspective and everything that Truly and I talked about is that after the way that the uh, Capitol officers and police treated the people who were predominantly white who were involved in this coup, you can just no longer say that our country is not racist. Um, And that law enforcement specifically 
um, doesn't respond to situations in a way that reflects this embedded, ingrained institutional racism. It became very clear on that day to people I don't think that was clear to before. And even astrologically looking at this, it happened in the very last degree of Mars and Aries, which has been going on for the last six months. So looking at that timeline of Mars being in Aries and going through the election and everything that happened in between, all of that tension was building up and basically just exploded in this last degrees, the 29th degrees of Aries, which is the anorectic degree in astrology. And we've had a lot of anorectic degrees. We had a few in um, December that were a long time coming. Uh, we have a few this year. So you know, keeping that in mind, anorectic degrees, every single cycle goes through them because obviously it's the end of the sign. It's the last degree. It's 29 degrees. But when you have a longer cycle, like that Mars cycle in Aries, that equals a lot of aggression built up and sort of like a burst at the end. So it was interesting from an astrological perspective, especially from the Black astrologers that I follow to read um, sort of the analysis of what they think happened energetically, and we were completely on the same page with that. Um, so I definitely recommend that you go and do research on that. But basically, I just wanted to say that we as astrologers and we as an astrology community could see this coming for quite some time. And even without being an astrologer, just someone who is involved and who is paying attention to what's happening in the United States and also specifically what's happening to Black people, what's happening to people of color and what has been happening and continues to happen um, I don't think that these events were shocking at all, unfortunately. I wish that it had been shocking. So with that being said, you know, I just want to encourage everyone to continue to find their own peace and you can observe, but you don't have to absorb. And I mean that even more strongly for my community of color that listens to this podcast. Um, and my friends of color who have to go through uh, reliving this violence and this trauma daily, just being a Black person, just being a person of color in the United States, in the world. Um, you know, for all my white people, like, we have to do better and we have to stand up and truly have some truly significant um, wonderful ways to do this for all kinds of people. For me, it's very much so about getting out information, community organizing, that sort of thing. For other people, they're really good on the front lines, in the face, actually physically protecting Black bodies um, at protests, which I just think are going to be inevitable this year. Looking at the astrology, we have a lot of the same astrology as 1962, we have the same astrology as the Revolutionary War, the Civil War, um, the Ronnie King riots, 
you know, it's, it's a lot of, um, combustible astrology, but it is astrology for a purpose and it is astrology for change. Um, and it's more constructive this year than it ever has been before in terms of moving forward, rewriting laws, getting actual justice. So I do want to give you that silver lining, but I also just wanted to say that in light of the quote unquote coup, <laughs> like I said, I really personally just don't think that that's the word to describe it, but for lack of a, a better term to use on a podcast, that's what I'll call it. Um, and just the blatant racism that exists in our country right in front of our very eyes that black and brown bodies have been gaslit by the government and people and especially white people for um, and about all these years. I just want to say my heart goes out to everyone who is experiencing this, which is all of us, of course, um, but especially to my listeners of color and um, you know, I'll continue to have on activists to the podcast. Um, I'm sure truly would love to join us again and go even further in depth as she has um, really a firsthand perspective on all of this, as well as a historical analysis and the astrological analysis. Um, but I think just understanding this holistically is so important and taking care of yourself through it all, but also being aware of what's happening and actively involved in being anti-racist. Um, because, you know, why else were you born at this time, right? Um, you weren't born to just, as a white person, sit back and watch your friends of color have to go through this alone. I mean, I, I completely reject that idea. And as I always say, love and light has to be backed by action and solidarity to uh, reference Rachel Cargill, who coined that phrase. I love it. I believe it 100%, always have believed it 100%. And I think that what we're going to see in 2021 is a lot of that performative allyship that we saw in the summer put to the test and the real allyship put to the test and um, a real opportunity to show up for our fellow humans and just an opportunity to really change the world, quite frankly. Um, like I said, it's, it's January 12th as I'm recording this. I will be releasing this before the United States inauguration. On the inauguration, we have some truly combustible astrology. We have Mars, uh, Uranus conjunction, squaring a stellium and Aquarius exactly on January 20th. Um, I do want to note that it is helpful, the Jupiters with Saturn, because this helps this be more forward momentum focused and focused on sort of how can I help uh, versus just being like a combustible event. Um, but this does create a greater sense of urgency. So there could possibly be some kind of event or outcome that's unexpected either around this day or on this day. And another thing I wanted to say <clears throat> that I felt was really important to understand um, with everything going on too is that uh, we do have this Saturn square Uranus cycle for the next two years, which is all about 
revolution and rebellion and breaking apart and updating and disrupting and modernizing. We have Jupiter square Uranus on February 17th, June 14th, and December 23rd in 2021. And traditionally, this alignment has coincided with important moments in Black history like slave rebellions, uh, Nat Turner in the United States, and this creates sudden opportunities for growth and breaking free from the past that Saturn square Uranus can then see through and reform structurally over the years. It's also notable that the last time Jupiter was in Aquarius was right when Obama was elected the first time. And as most astrologers know, he famously had an Aquarius rising. So this basically blessed him and blessed his terms in office. Um, and I think largely contributed to the slogan, yes, we can. And the use of that slogan, because of course that comes from Si Se Puede. But yeah, I think it's just important to understand this holistically I think it's important to look at the energy and look at the astrology and look at sort of the bigger perspective, the macro as it were, but then to also look at the micro and as truly suggests, what can you do in your community? What can you do in your own profession? What can you do with your own family, right? Um, these are questions that my family have been asking ourselves for years and more specifically, really this year, how can we truly contribute and how can we truly help as this change and this momentum is going and how can we actually really help our friends of color instead of just, you know, verbally saying that we support them and loving them, but how can we actually be actively anti-racist? Um, so I wanted to touch on all of that, truly, of course, being <laughs> wonderful, multidimensional person that she is, talks about other things in this episode as well. But I think the climate of the times um, really dictates having this conversation and having this conversation constructively with an actual move towards change. And I always want to be a force in my own community of encouraging that and contributing to that and elevating voices like Truly's to, um, you know, really make it happen. So, um, yeah, let, let's get into Truly's second uh, part of this episode. Again, thank you so much for writing in. Um, I've shared with her all of your fantastic comments about why you loved the episode, why you love her. And I just really appreciate that. And please keep it coming in um, because it's wonderful to hear what you're getting out of this and how you're learning and how you're reflecting. So that's, that's really, truly beautiful. That's what we want. So without further ado, here's truly part two. Yeah, my friend in Austin, she said that after their protest, it's usually like right at the end. So it's, you know, if if it's scheduled until like 7 p.m. or something, then like right at 7 p.m., these like people in masks, you know, white guys in masks. I even saw it in my own neighborhood. It was really weird. It was like the protest ended and then all these people, like all these white guys in these like ski masks came in and it was really, really weird to watch because it was like the entire population of the protest totally shifted right when it ended, you know? Mm -hmm. 
And then we actually don't know what happened, what happened out here because the news team was asked to leave by the police. So we can conjecture about what happened, of course, <laughs> but um, it was, you know, it was about an hour after the protest had ended. And, and we just, we don't have much out here. Like they were just all gathered in the street in a hundred degree heat. So I think honestly, it was kind of like, there's, there's nothing to do. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So, but my friend in Austin at the end of her protests, she said all of a sudden the exact same thing happened. It was all these white guys in these black, black ski masks. And one of them was like, let's go destroy the target. Like, let's all go mm -hmm. to target, like specifically mm -hmm. target, which was something that was happening ac across the nation, you know, specifically this focus on Target. And even the Target, didn't the Target CEO come out and say he was in support of Black Lives Matter? So, yeah. It, yeah. So it was like, yeah, it was very strange. And, um, and yeah, she was telling me how weird it was in Austin that this guy, it was like two guys at the end of the protest, like showed up out of nowhere and were trying to get people to go to the Target, like across the city and go destroy that Target. Um, yeah. yeah. Premeditated. I've been at protests and, and they've stopped and been like, there's a cop in the crowd, sir. Can you just leave? Like, we don't need you here. Nothing is happening go. And one little quick tip that I want to say before we, you know, segue out of, um, activism or wherever mm -hmm. we're headed next, um, <laughs> is if you've heard me say earlier, I'm pro the abolition of police. Yeah. Um, that does not mean that I don't think that there should be institutions designed to, you know, protect people to prevent harm. The police are law enforcement group force. They're forcing you. Their job is to force you to abide by the law. The way that things are set up now, I'm not going to dive into the racism and the power and the greed and the corruption. I'm just going to address the design. Mm -hmm. They are not a preventative institution. And the goal should be to prevent crimes because the reality of the situation is if a crime is occurring, the crime will happen before the police get here. Right. So if safety is an issue with the way our country is set up, you are already not safe. If I am in a situation where someone has a gun and I call the police, I am going to be shot by the time the police get here, period. If I'm being attacked and I call the police, I will have been attacked by the time the police got there. Right. Because their job isn't to prevent crime. It's to ensure that people are abiding by the rules of, of our nation, of our states. And that's it. And the way that they do it is by force. So if I, if that person who attacked me is gone by the time the cops arrive, there's nothing the cops can do. I can make a report and that's it. And thus their job ends and they move on to the next thing. If the attacker was still there and I'm still attacked and the cops show up, they're going to arrest him, take my statement. I've still been attacked. I've still been traumatized. Maybe now, and, and if you, just to bring in the reality of where we live, now I've probably got PTSD. I'm a little traumatized from this situation mm -hmm. because of my circumstances. Mm -hmm. But I don't have health care. So mm -hmm. I can't see a counselor 
I'm not gravely injured, so I don't want to go to the hospital because I don't want that hospital bill. So I go home. But now I'm afraid to do whatever it was that I did that got me attacked because I'm compartmentalizing it because I don't have anyone to help me because I can't afford the help. So I get a weapon. I'm like, I'm never going to be attacked again. I'm going to carry a pocket knife. This keeps me safe. Let's say I'm back out on the street and I feel like someone's going to attack me. And I now know, well, the cops aren't going to get here in time to protect me. I got to protect myself. So I stab that person. I just, just light them up with my knife. Mm -hmm. Now, whether or not that person was going to attack me, I've stabbed someone. Now I'm going to jail. Now that person's in the hospital. Because the way our institutions are designed, it's not to prevent anything. It's not to protect anything. It's just to enforce things. So they're doing their job by, you know, putting me in the back of the cop car and taking this person to the hospital. That was all their job was. Right. We need institutions that prevent those kinds of crimes from happening in the first place. Not enforcing the fact that they are crimes, but preventing the event from happening altogether. I, what I needed in the first moment that I got attacked in this scenario was to feel some community accountability. Mm -hmm. To feel like I could maybe go into the nearest liquor store and the person who works there would help me out. To feel like I could have knocked on a neighbor's door and they would have let me in or helped me out. Or that I could walk up to another random person on the street and they could pretend like they knew me. They could help me out. But we don't feel that community accountability because we have all these other institutions that do it for us. I don't feel like I need to take care of my neighbor because cops exist. That's their job. That's who you should call. Call the cops. I've been in many situations where I've run into stores and have said, I need help. This person is following me. And they've said, call the police. Right. That's not going to keep me from being attacked. But if we had community protection, community preventative measures, I could have received some kind of a help. Or let's say the community still did nothing. Let's say we don't want to rely on the community. I could have got counseling. Or we could address the fact that why did that person feel the need to attack me? What's going on in their life? Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like there are, there are, we need to take that billions and billions and billions of dollars we pay police to do nothing but take pictures of the mess that already happened and spend it on roles and jobs and institutions that are actually trained and equipped with resources and support to resolve this altogether. Crimes happen when people feel most crimes happen when people feel they have no other choice people mm -hmm. you don't rob i mean there are people who rob stores and have money because they're all like i'm having a midlife crisis but you don't <laughs> steal diapers from the grocery store when you have money for diapers right yeah but why can't you afford diapers what do we have going on that you can't afford afford the basic things you need to take care of a child to take care of yourself we have all of these empty properties in los angeles and all of these homeless people on the street Right. Well, why can't we just put the homeless people in the empty properties, especially when there's a pandemic? Oh, because I own this property and that's not what I want to use it for. You know, there's no community. There's no sense of community the way that we're built right now. And I feel comfortable saying that I am pro the abolition of police because they don't do anything. They don't prevent crimes. I'm just as unsafe as I was with them without them. Yeah, and I think that that's something that people really need to hear too. Something that I saw that I felt illustrated this 
really well was talking about how in like white suburban neighborhoods there aren't really police right exactly like Mm -hmm. that's already the reality so if you can imagine a world in which everybody is treated like white suburban people (laughs) and which everybody has the resources that white suburban people have in the community like I mean even like where I grew up you know we had like a community watch group like that was you know that was a thing and so I think it's, I think you're absolutely right. And I mean, just for the record, I'm pro-abolition as well and have been for quite some time now um, Mm -hmm. since understanding all of this. And it really, I mean, I think, I think it's the wording of it. Like, I think it's the semantics that scare people. But when you actually look. When you really think about it. Right. When you actually look at what that means. And also the fact, you know, my parents are both school teachers. And so I know the education system very, very very well, (laughs) like scarily well. I myself have been a tutor in the past. I actually taught at um, rehabilitation and detention centers. And so I saw the way that they treated these young men and young women who, you know, had broken the law or whatever. And it broke my freaking heart because these kids were either extremely intelligent and just really bored and felt like they had, you know, no other options, basically. Or they had learning disabilities and were really struggling and didn't get attention in school. Mm-hmm. Or they came from homes where it was actually safer to be at the rehabilitation or detention center than to mm-hmm. be at home. So they kept getting in trouble so that they could actually be in a safe environment. And I think that that is just so crucial to highlight that, you know, my mom and I have talks about this all the time, how we put so much pressure on educators, like on the teachers themselves, but not on the system. And Mm -hmm. we, we expect our teachers to teach classes that are like 40, you know, 40 kids and be able to individually educate every single kid. Because let's be honest, like what, like besides money, right? What is the difference between these neighborhoods where, there's this huge police presence and quote unquote crime, right? Caused by this police presence and these neighborhoods where, you know, there's not, right? It's, mm-hmm. it's largely education, right? And what yeah. fuels education money, right? So it's all interconnected. And the sooner that we see that, like, like I said, my mom and I have a bunch of talks about how schools could become these amazing community centers. Like it's already this, this empty building when the kids aren't there, you know, like they could provide after after school care, um, more so than they already do. Like they could provide meals to families, you know, like there's so many opportunities there and yet we just don't have the funding. And also we put so much pressure on just the individual teacher who is not even paid. Yeah. Who is not even paid paid for what they're worth. Their own supplies. And that's something that also blows my mind, which is why I'm like, if, if you can't be, if you can't make yourself comfortable being like, pro the abolition of police at least find yourself in a space to be pro defunding the police like right. that we are constantly defunding schools right we just don't have the money we just don't have the money but we have the money to bail out these fortune 500 hundred companies what like four times now since the pandemic yeah. started we yeah. had them we have the money to pay you know cops these million dollar pensions in los angeles like cops we we buy all of their all of their equipment, all of their multiple uniforms. Mm-hmm. Why do you need multiple uniforms? Like, 
it you're right. dre- you're, they're dressed like they're ready to, to defend us from a, a foreign invasion. Mm-hmm. And we pay for that. Meanwhile, yeah. it is a universal fact that teachers buy their own markers, which is far cheaper than anything any cop has on. Right. Yeah. And you know what? I even know, know cops who, you know, just can't wait to get out of it. Like they're just, they're like, God, I just really want to retire. Like, this is not what I thought I was signing up for. You know, like I had even clients who said, yeah, I always really wanted to be a cop because I wanted to be one of the good guys, you know, like I wanted to help enforce the law and keep people safe. And, and I think just the grim reality of it is that's, that's not, that's what happens. That's not the that design. Was never the design. They were designed to catch runaway slaves. That is right. where right. comes from. That was right. the exactly. and that is what they're still doing today. Yeah. The cops never disbanded post slavery and was like, okay, let's not even just post slavery, because cops were also during the um what was that era called? The Reconstruction era mm-hmm. were, you know, raping black women, picking them up from church and leaving them in the middle of nowhere brutalized. They were lynching black men. They were sodomizing black men. Like they were aggressively a part of the KKK openly. So they've never, there's never, there's never been a post civil rights era. We've never like civil rights were never achieved. We have not been liberated. So the, the formation of the cops, the design of policing, the design of, of government, the design mm-hmm. of the judicial system is still incredibly racist because it, the, they would have to cease to exist and start over. Right. And it's all for labor. Right. Yeah. That's yeah, the part exactly. that's the part that people don't understand is that I mean please watch like Ava DuVernay's 13th if you have not because if you're listening to this because it's just like when you understand that and when you know that or you know it's even shown in like Orange is the New Black you know like mm-hmm. that's the craziest thing to me is we have all these resources showing us the truth shows that are like yes they're corrupt and they're messed up and we're like I love this show Right. It's, it's crazy to me, but you know what? And just to bring it, to focus it back on the soul lens, which is, you know, why I created this podcast is that all of this, you know, all of this is, is occurring within that lens. Like that's the interesting thing to me to look at through the perspective that I view the world from is that all of this is going to change. Like we're not even going to recognize our society in 10 years because no, because this is the age of Aquarius. And I've been telling people who are disappointed, like, I feel like only BLM only got so far this time. And I'm like, Hey, listen, Saturn and Aquarius is coming back at the end of the year and it's going to be there for a few years. And the last time we had Saturn and Aquarius, like we had the Rodney King riots and we had huge discussions around these issues. And, you know, the time before that we had, um, civil rights in the sixties. Right. So Mm -hmm. it's like, and we have other, just for those who are interested in the astrology, we have a lot of the astrology from the revolutionary war. We have a lot of astrology from the Civil War. We have a lot of astrology from the rise of fascism. We've got a lot of astrology from uh, uh, 
Chiron and Aries being in the civil rights um, of the 60s. And we have a lot from apartheid being dismantled and everything that went on in the 90s. So we've got, and we've got more and more and more of this coming and all of this energy that is destroying, destroying the foundation upon which the United States was built. And it's all going to come to a head in a few years. And it's very interesting to me to look at it through that lens and know what's going to happen and have those visions of what's going to happen. Because this is not like, I want people to know that they're not talking about this or doing this in vain. These are things that are actually going to happen. They're going to happen. And that yeah. is how, what I've been saying. I'm like, this is a time where you literally, you can't like, whether you're with it or not, the ship is sailing. Right. Right. And all I, all I can offer people is just like, take some time to look at yourself and look at the world and just evaluate how, evaluate how you want to, to be interacting with it. Mm-hmm. That's how I live my life. How do I want to be interacting with my neighbor, with the world, my space? Period. Yeah. Yeah. That's really all it is when everything comes down to it. Yeah. How do we, how do we exist and take care of the things we exist beside? Right. And also the individual for the community, mm-hmm. you know, like recognizing your individual power so that you can contribute and support the collective. So you can support. Offer it, absolutely. Exactly. Yeah. Absolutely. So good, truly. Well, thank you so much for that education. I think a lot of people are still really confused on these terms and don't understand, you know, quite what's going on. And I really, really appreciate you breaking that down and giving all of those, um, analogies so that people can understand it better. Yeah. Hashtag the kitty litter. (laughs) Hashtag kitty litter. Yeah. I'm not even a cat person, but I was thinking about my dogs and they're the same way when they want to get fed in the morning. Like they literally will get right in your face and just bark at you. And I'm like, okay, okay. I'm up. I'm up. You know, (laughs) you first interrupt people's space, right? Yeah, no, it makes perfect sense. And I'd never heard it explained in that way. And that, that makes perfect, perfect, perfect sense because it is, it's a, it's a disruption. And absolutely. I mean, again, just to bring back the astrology, like people need to understand that the United States was built on this very capitalistic, very racist structure um, and sexist structure from the very, very, very beginning. It's literally beginning, literally in our birth chart that all we care about is money and power. And there's, it's interesting because there's this, um, you know, the, the people, the moon of the United States birth chart is Aquarius. So the people are really the answer to how do we solve this? How do we fix this? And there's also, yeah, and there's also this really interesting intersection too with Libra energy where our ideals of life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness, right? Free speech, all of this. Like, we mean it. We actually truthfully do mean it. But it's just that at this point in time, because of the way the chart was constructed at that point in time, it it only benefits certain people fully. And it actively excludes others. And, you know, the United States as both 
literally, but also from a metaphysical standpoint, the voice box of the world, the throat chakra of the world, we set the tone for rhetoric. We set the tone for um, world discussions, you know, and the way that we speak about things and the way that we treat people and talk to people. So if we are not setting a good example, that's going to be reverberated throughout the world. Like it's going to be felt. And right now I know for my friends who are living internationally, they're like, what the fuck is going on? (laughs) You know, like, like this is, this is insane. Like, why can't the U S just kind of get its shit together, honestly? And it's because it's a broken system. And right now we're actively revealing that it's a broken system so that we can, literally tear it all the way down and repair it. Like I've been saying this for a while that I really think that not only are we going to rewrite all of these laws and everything, but I actually have a feeling we're going to completely rewrite the constitution. Like I have a a really strong feeling. We're just going to completely rework everything. I wouldn't Uh, be surprised if we changed the name of our country to be completely honest. Yeah, maybe definitely. I mean, like America just ceased to exist. Oh my gosh, it's mm-hmm, a while. I know. It'll be interesting to see what actually, actually comes to fruition. And I mean, and I always tell people this too, like, you know, the future from our three-dimensional reality is not um, finite. So there's multiple possibilities that exist in this moment, and it won't be until we get closer and closer to that time period that we see the actual tangible ways that this is going to happen. But it is. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think it's really going to start with however this election in November goes down. I think it's going to be, just looking at the astrology, I think it's going to be a really unprecedented election. Oh that's going. I'm so nervous about it. Not in I know. a bad way, but just like- I know. Everyone is. What a situation. I know. So it'll be it'll be interesting to see what happens because I've looked at all the astrology, you know, like I said, the end of this year, there's a highly prophesized, like literally since ancient, ancient, ancient times prophesized event happening in December. So, you know, we'll see what pops off. <laughs> and we'll see what pops off for us specifically as we go through this this death, this Pluto return of, you know, 240 years. Um But yeah, it definitely, it's definitely interesting. And I was watching Hamilton the other day. I wanted to mention this because I know you said in the room where it happens. And I was, (laughs) I was watching Hamilton for, you know, the millionth time. And, and the first time I watched it, it really struck me. But this time I just started crying, like, like actual happy tears because I was like, wow, this is us right now. Like we are living this again, Mm -hmm. you know? Um, and it's, it's both scary, of course, because change always is, but it's also thrilling to know that the tides are, are changing and that we do have the opportunity to speak up and elevate voices that haven't been heard before and tell stories that haven't been heard before, have leaders that haven't been leaders before, you know, to really change this world. I'm very excited. Very, very excited, very nervous. But as I was saying earlier, this is that time. And like, I'm just, I'm I'm just so excited. Like speaking for myself, I am at such a crossroads with my life. Like I know I said earlier, like this is my trajectory. This is my plan. And it's true, but that plan can't start until we 
move. And, and yeah. I've seen this before we started recording, but the stagnant energy that I feel that I really think it is radiating out to everyone right now. Mm-hmm. It's just like, not that I can't move, mm-hmm. but, but just that, that even if I did, I would just be this in a different position. Right. And, and I just feel like all of life right now, but especially my own, is at such a crossroads that like, I just feel like December, 2020 is just like, like a firework. It's just like a jumping off yeah, point. It is. So I am like really eager to see where I am really eager to see where everyone else is. And and it's so hard to say, like, even when I was trying to, like, give my, like, intro or my bio, like, what I am, what I'm doing. It's, like, it's so hard to say because who I was is so different than who I am in this space, in this moment. And I know for a fact in my whole body that who I am about to be mm-hmm. is going to be so different from the person that I am right now. In just a, in what we're in, about to be in August, five months from now, I think five months from now, if we recorded another episode if you ever wanted me back on again mm-hmm, I, I think I would be a completely different person but in my next form like I feel like we are all arriving at our next form of existence yes yeah and, and we are very excited for it we very much are I mean like I said both just energetically but also looking specifically at the astrology that's exactly the energy right now I the way that I channeled it is it's like a hermit crab moving into a new shell you know and we're at that we're at the stage right now where we haven't quite moved into the new shell and we're just kind of naked and vulnerable and um what happens with hermit crabs for those who don't know you should totally look up videos because it's really fascinating to watch But um, they have this whole process for transitioning into their new shell. But if they don't get a shell, then they then they walk around without a shell and and they'll die very quickly because it's very hot where their climate is. And so I think people right now are just kind of scrambling to to find their shells, you know, and and to to make this move. And we're all feeling it. We're all hugely feeling this this paradigm shift, which is why I've been talking about it so much because I really want people to know that it's a good thing. Yes. It's such a good thing. It's, it's such, such a good, a good thing. thing. It like, doesn't I've mean the world is ending stuff, but we are headed into such a good place. Yes. Yeah. And it is going to be rocky for a few years. Like I'm not going to lie. This is what I've been saying to people is that it's going to favor the people who are willing to go with the flow I'm willing to move with the tide and move forward. And it's not going to favor the people who are desperately holding on to the past. I think so, that that's why my energy is so excited for it. Yes. Like, I yes. very much am like, yes, rock this boat, bring the current, send me right. where I'm going to be because let's do it. Yeah. Yeah. So you're definitely not alone in feeling that, but I've been in that place that you are now where you're like, I don't even know how to identify myself because who I was is changing every single day, you know? And I think we should always be in that sort of space anyway. I think if you're not growing, you're dying, you know? And we get so attached to these identities because that's our way of communicating as humans, but it really is limiting. It really does hold us back when we don't allow ourselves to constantly be moving into new shells. And, um, yeah, I mean, I'm very excited for you personally because that's just a great place to be. And it's sort of, you know, I was talking to another one of my clients about it today 
And um, I was telling her, it's like, you know, it's like a magic dark when you talk about manifestation technique. Um, it's like a, it's a magic dark. It's like, well, what's, what's going to happen next? I don't really know. I'm still figuring it out. I'm still sort of, you know, just allowing the energy to move me where it wants to move me and, and, um, feeling it out. But I will say that right now, if, if you're someone like truly who's going through this and listening, that's really happening. And truly this is why it's happening for you too, because you're stepping into your higher purpose. You're stepping into the reason that you, truly Serafina Polite, and anyone who's listening, were born on this planet at this time to be a warrior during this age of light and to lead people through this time, to be a leader through this time. You're elevating, you're stepping up into that higher purpose. And that is a big deal when you discover that and when you feel that fully and own that fully and then understand what that is period <laughs> well awesome well we could literally talk forever um of course i'm gonna have to have you on again um but thank you again for breaking all of that down i i i really 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 honor and appreciate that that you were willing to do that um so do you mind if I just ask you a few little more like, like lighthearted questions oh, of <laughs> to close it out? Cause that's the thing about truly you guys. And this is what I really appreciate about hers. You know, she's a woman of substance, obviously she's got very deep waters, but she's also got just like this really amazing humor and lightness and smile and everything too. So very, very Gemini of you yet again yeah. <laughs> to have both, both sides. So, um, okay. So where do you see yourself in five years? I guess that kind of goes with what we've been talking about, but That's where? So exciting. That's just so exciting. I've always hate answering that question, but for some reason I'm so excited to answer it right now. Cause I just felt like a vision. So Do you know what's fine. so funny? People say this that all the time when I ask them. <laughs> <laughs> like, I usually hate this. I, yeah, they're like, I hate this question, but I love this question right now. I think it's because you spend all this time talking and then you're like, I can see it. Like, those channels are open right now. Yeah. In five years, I will be 29. Ugh. Wow. Wow. I see myself. I'm going to give a very, like, visionary version and then the mm -hmm. pedantic version because my two sides I see myself barefoot mm. in a flowy dress under the open sky so I must be in an area where there's not a lot of pollution and a field of grass that is in the backyard of a beautiful house and I have my chickens <laughs> garden and my man but he's away on whatever he does because my life partner will also be a very independent person who does not rely on me for, you know, feeling like a person. Right. Uh, yeah. yeah. Same. So he's off doing whatever his job is. And I'm just meditating, enjoying my son. Like that, that is where I will be spiritually, whether I'm physically in that place or that's just what my body always feels like. That is yeah. where I will be at 29. As far as like, physically in the world I see myself ooh, five years from now I will have my master's degree I'll have my man still <laughs> obviously I love that the man is a part of this in each 
yeah. each vision. But of course, but of course. We can talk about astrology and relationships the next time that we speak, but let yes. me tell y'all, my man will be there. <laughs> physically, he, I will have my partner. Um, Who is your, do you have like a perfect partner astrologically? Okay, my perfect, okay, I actually just learned what my perfect partner astrologically was, and I really do hope we do eventually have this conversation, because that's, like, my favorite thing to talk about right now. Oh my gosh. (laughs) He is, and it took me a long time to be comfortable with it, but he is a Virgo sun. Mmm, okay. Yeah, probably a a Gemini moon. Venus in Gemini, like myself. Uh Uh-huh. And then I can't remember what the other placements are, but he's for sure a Virgo sun and has a dominant Gemini placement. Interesting. Interesting. And the Venus is either in Virgo or in Gemini because I have learned from trial and error that truly must stay away from the Scorpios. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I do not serve them well. I was going to say that is not a good match. <laughs> I they I, um, I swear to you my 12th house is in Scorpio Catherine I swear to you I really do hope we like dedicate a whole episode to this at some point but yes I, we must in a past life I most definitely was done so dirty by a Scorpio or I was a Scorpio and I was doing something <laughs> so dirty because my 12th house is in Scorpio and Scorpio <sighs> men are my freaking kryptonite and when I say kryptonite I mean like it's it's so scary Catherine that I can look at a man and know that he's a Scorpio yeah off top I feel like I have that power too actually and like they are so enticing to me it's so annoying Mm -hmm. it's so annoying so he's not a Scorpio he's not (laughs) he's probably not a water sign at all yeah Oh, yeah, I don't see that so much for you. What's your seventh house? My seventh house is also in Gemini. Oh, no way. Okay, yeah, no I'm wonder like, you want a Venus in Gemini. Wow, yeah, that is I'm a like perfect F. match for you. I am like F. <laughs> like they, have, they have to be, or they will literally be like, this girl doesn't like me, does she? And it's like, oh my gosh. And I'll sit here like, how That's how I am with Sagittarius Sun. I have to have a Sagittarius Sun. Like, there's, there's no other match that would work for me. I mean, except maybe Leo, but like, then like my finances would be cool, but like everything else would be off. You know? Yeah. I just, I think a Virgo man is just like perfect because they've got their own finances, their own goals, and they are perfectly comfortable achieving them themselves, but will really think that my support of it is just like the coolest thing ever. Mm -hmm. And, and they're so, they'll do all the things that I do for people because my moon is in Virgo that I love. Like they'll, they learn like when your partner's a Virgo, they learn like the specifics about you. Yep. And oh, like, trust me. I've, you yeah, I've dated uniquely. Virgos. Yeah. Like, yeah. They love you uniquely. They tailor it to the, yeah. to you, the person. That's and why I didn't like them. <laughs> <laughs> See, I need that. It was that so not the right person. match for me. Yeah. I was I like, this is so bad. Day. Yeah. I it, see that for you. Oh my God. Like, it was. Stop trying to clock me. Yes. Me. That's exactly what it was. I, it drove me freaking crazy. I love it. I'm like, oh my God, you know me so well, no, I hated it. I, I hated it so much. Every day, and you just like you adapt, and you hate that I'm messy, but I'm <laughs> like super messy. So like you get it, we vibe. Yeah, like, I just think that it would just like he's definitely a Virgo son. He's definitely older than me. Does his own thing. Loves to like 
travel and be spontaneous, but he's spontaneous with a backup plan, which is perfect for me. I love it so much. No, that is perfect for you. Mine would be, um, I, so I already have this all laid out and this is actually a combination that is real and could happen. So it's a Sagittarius sun, uh, a Capricorn Venus, cause my seventh house is Capricorn. And also you guys would host great dinner parties, right? That's what I said. That's <laughs> literally, Oh my God, truly. You get it. You get it. Yeah. That's exactly what I'm always saying. We would host bomb ass dinner parties with like the best conversation. Like it would yeah. be like, it would be like having a salon, you know, like yeah. that, that's yeah. like what I picture. It's mm-hmm. like you standing with the toast and him holding the bottle. And yes, yes. Like all the wine flowing. Yes. And like, I've always said too, because I have an 11th house in Taurus. So like that is my ideal social situation is just sitting around talking, enjoying food, <laughs> as a group, like wearing comfy clothes, like that is 100% my ideal situation. Um, but yeah. And then a Mars Scorpio it has to be a Mars Scorpio. I run every other simulation of Mars and it just is not going to work. So that's the combination. And, um, bonus points if it's a Virgo moon. I do love my Virgo moons because you're in my, mostly in my fourth house of home. So you feel like, you know, family. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. I, <laughs> yeah. I am so excited, but I like, I just know when my man comes, which is how I know that he'll be there when I'm 29. We might be like taking a break and like broken up at the time, but we'll get back together when I'm 32 and we'll get married. Oh, okay. So, cool. There's cool. that. But well, I like it. That's a good, that's a great five year plan. Right. <laughs> You know, just happy and barefoot. I can't, like, literally. I so see it. Just to be, like, barefoot and pregnant. Like, that is just all I want. (laughs) I love it, though. That's beautiful for you. I totally, totally, totally see that. Um, Okay, so I usually ask what advice would you give to your younger self? But I think what's going to be more interesting for the listeners is what advice you would give to someone in your same phase of this journey. Okay. Other than reflection, which is wonderful, wonderful, wonderful advice. But anything extra? I would say listen. Listen. Just listen to everything. Everything and everyone. Because if you're in the same place I'm in, that like stagnant, just sort of like waiting for the wind to blow the tides to turn because you know they're going to, just like absorb Mm-hmm. all things like a sponge so that you have those tools so when the wind blows the tide changes you've, you've got all of these things in your pocket be patient like speaking to me like I'm speaking to myself myself as a person like patience is, is so hard but it is a virtue and it is a skill to have and just like enjoy it I I, I got some uh light work done recently when I decided to quit acting and I, and I got the best advice that I was like, how did I not piece this together? Every single day of my life until recently, I have been working towards something. I've been catering my choices towards something. And now I'm existing in this very ambiguous space, this very like contingent space. And even though it's like scary and annoying, it's also a freedom. And if you're like me and you don't 
get a lot of opportunities of freedom, you got to enjoy it. Just enjoy it. Quarantine sucks. Being in your home or on these four walls freaking sucks. Talking to the same people every day sucks. Eating the same meals every day sucks. But you literally can do any single thing that you want. When has that ever happened before? Yeah. So, like, have fun. Enjoy it. Like, marinate in it while it's here. I don't, I don't feel like, oh, take up a skill, write a book. That's not for everyone. If you're like me, I've tried to write a book. I've tried to learn a new skill in this downtime. I had to, I, it's just not what I want to do. Take a bath. Do that. Lean into some more cancerian traits, you know, clean, mm-hmm. change up your space. My, I think it's my second house is in Pisces. Mm-hmm. And I, I know my second house is in Capricorn. My fourth house is in Pisces. Mm. Change up your space. Make, start designing your life the way you genuinely want it to be. So that when all of this is over, it can be just that. With some surprises. Amazing. I, that's exactly the advice I would give to someone going through this too and do give to my clients. And I'll just add on to that too. Follow the divine signs. Period. Follow the divine signs. That's, that part is, is hand in hand with listening. Mm-hmm. You are listening that's exactly you what it is. You will see them and you accept them and you move. Yeah. You move. Yeah. And, take, and also to take a baby step each day too that feels right for you even if that's just like listening to a song that makes you happy or like you said like cleaning out your room or cleaning out your closet or whatever reading a book that you feel drawn to you know but not pressuring yourself to make these huge moves but just to just to take a baby step of like what feels good to me today what feels aligned for me today because I know people people get into a space where they just, they don't know what they like anymore. They don't know what they want That's anymore. What I was say is yeah. take note of things that make you happy. Bigger yeah. Stuff, just take yeah. note of them. Yeah. So you can give them to yourself so you can tell your partner to, how to give them to you, what you want. I've learned, I just learned recently that I love, love a kitchen, a nice kitchen, a clean kitchen. My mm-hmm. whole house could be wrecked to hell. <laughs> about a clean kitchen that brings me such peace and warmth and like happiness. So much so that when I imagine my man proposing to me, it's at home in my kitchen and I'm so happy about it. Yeah. That's funny. I imagine other things in the kitchen. Um, so <laughs> I'm just kidding. I mean, yeah, I'm not kidding. But um, yeah, but, I know. I'm like not cooking, not cleaning. Like uh, yeah. somebody's down on me with a fat ring, and I'm like, oh my god, yes, <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. No, that's that's beautiful. That's beautiful. Truly, I love that. That's so 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 much. And yeah. You're spot on. And I I wish you so much love and so much luck on that journey. And I know you're going to do amazing. And that in a year, you you know, we're going to talk or something and you're going to be like, oh my God, this, because that's how I feel when I look back on that time in my life. Like, I just wish I had kind of relished in it more, you know, like I I wish Mm -hmm. that I had sort of just enjoyed it more because it was the second that I started enjoying it. that things really started to click into place, but things were happening even before then, you know, that I look on, that I look back on now 
and I smile about, but I wasn't smiling about back then. And so I wish that I had, I wish that I had had more grace with myself. I wish that I had been more kind with myself and had trusted myself a little bit more with those divine signs, um, versus feeling like, you know, I had to reach a certain destination or I had to be at a certain place at a certain time because that's what society says, you know, but it's, it's this weird thing that happens is, you know, the second we relax and the second we just listen and receive and we stop pushing, that's actually when things manifest so much more quickly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I wanted to ask you, which is just because I really love it. And I know it's like a funny way to end this, but I, Will you do the voices for my sun, moon, and rising? Because <laughs> oh I just love the way you do it. <laughs> okay, I have to like find it. You're a Cancer Moon Libra rising. Um, I am a Libra Moon Cancer Aries Libra Moon Cancer rising. Yeah, yeah. Okay. <laughs> I didn't mean to put you on the spot, but I just... No, you're so, I knew you were going to do it. You're so good at it. I know. Okay, so basically to set the space for everyone, what a fun way to end this. Set the space for everyone. <laughs> I have this, like, thing that I like to imagine or, like, to do when I am doing someone's, like, chart for them for the first time or, like, explaining what it is to them. And it's basically setting things up as if, like, your brain is a control room. <laughs> And in the control room is the person with the clipboard. The person with the clipboard is your moon sign. The person operating the controls is your sun sign. The entity expected to do the things. So your body essentially is your rising. So just like marry with that for a yeah. second. Like take a second to really just like honor why you are the way you are, according yeah. to me. And that's so, so Virgo moon of you to organize it like that. <laughs> like my brain would have never gone there. My brain absolutely went there. So Catherine. So let's set the space. Okay. That Libra moon is in an all white suit, all white pantsuit for sure. Hair done, nails done. Everything did. Heels. Black stilettos. Heels. Looking bomb. Headset. Brand new headset. Top of the line headset. Clipboard. We got plans. And they're all fun. Everything's a key key, but there is a plan. Okay, let me see. Do I still have it? Yeah. And so you've got, and then, of course, who's operating the controls? Aries. What a mess. What a mess. So I would imagine in Catherine's brain, anytime her Libra needs something, she's like click clacking in. She's like, hi, everyone. (laughs) Welcome to day two of quarantine. Let me just check the schedule. And Aries is sitting there in like sneakers the hoodie they've been wearing the last three days of quarantine. Maybe some of their hairs in braids because they have not washed them. They got their sunglasses on because they're hungover. And they're just kind of like, dead ass, what are you talking about? Like, you 
want us to do something. It's quarantine. Like, can't you just chill? Can we just enjoy ourselves? In fact, I don't even understand why you have the clipboard because we all know that I'm the best leader in any <laughs> space. So I am just going to, in one ear, out the other, I got this. Like, I just feel like that is how it goes down. Like, Libra's like, no, Aries. Like, we've got clear and, like, all, like definitely one of those bosses that's, like, always trying to smile through everything. Mm-hmm. Like, trying to make the information as palatable as possible. Like, they're just like, yeah, so... Like I've told you yesterday and every day that we meet here, um, you listen to me. All you have to do is push the button. We all know how much you love pushing buttons. So if you could just do your job and I'll do my job and who knows, maybe one day we'll switch. Probably not. Go forth. Meanwhile, Cancer's sitting there like hands on temples, curled up in a ball. Just like, please, guys. It's a great day to just, like, not fight. Maybe just relax, watch some puppy videos. We'll put on those new comfy pajamas that we just bought. Matching brown underwear. Like, that's a good day. It's a great day. And Aries is like, ah, shut the fuck up. You know what I mean? And so on and so forth. But everyone in Catherine's chart is very well-dressed. Thank you. Very well dressed. <laughs> Meanwhile, I've got my Virgo moon on the clipboard, my twin, my twins on the one and twos, and Sagittarius is pretty much checked out. Like she's just like roaming the world, <laughs> literally. So after the argument between the three people in my brain ends, and they turn back around to the monitor, like Sagittarius is at a coffee shop applying for a job or something. Like it's like, how did we get here? <laughs> I love it so much truly that's so good yeah I I, I've told people this before but I always I I always describe my my Libra moon as like JVN from Queer Eye or Alexis from Schitt's Creek where they're literally like yes hello everyone (laughs) yes I don't know if you've noticed these new shoes but I just got these shoes they're already broken in gosh yeah they're like we're gonna make everything gorgeous like don't you worry like everything is gonna be so beautiful (laughs) fine at the end of the day if all things fails we looked damn good doing yeah (laughs) right and then Aries I think of my Aries energy as like Khaleesi or like Mulan (laughs) yeah who's like I'm gonna do what I want (laughs) like uh, no one can stop me. And then my cancer energy is very much like she just wants to be at the spa. She wants to be at yoga. She doesn't want to leave her bed. She wants to eat good food. That's literally all she cares about. <laughs> Honestly, that's such a good combination, though, because at least like I do love my combination. Places. Yeah, like, well, they're like, all cardinal. Exactly. Like mm-hmm. the, the goals are the same. It's just yeah. like, how we're getting to them. But everyone's going to enjoy like that trajectory. Whereas like in my brain, it's like, sometimes I find myself sitting, like I'll come back to, and I've been sitting in the same position for two hours, just trying to figure out what outfit I'm putting on. Like I just, (laughs) yeah. I'm like, see, and that's the, that's literally the first thing I think of in the morning. No joke. The very first thing I think of when I wake up after I listen to all of my downloads. Cause when I wake up, like that's when I have my most visions and everything. And then as soon as my like human brain turns on it's like what are we gonna wear today <laughs> literally I'll wake up and I'll be like okay what do I have to do today what do I have to do like Virgo takes over completely and once yeah. once there's just like an inkling like let's say I wake up before like I set my alarm for 8 a.m I wake up at 8 a.m and I'm like okay great okay talk in the morning we can make breakfast and then the Gemini and realizes that I don't have to be at work until 9 30 
which means that I don't have to leave my house until nine, which means that I can eat breakfast and get dressed in 30 minutes. So I really have until eight 30 to get out of this bed. Meanwhile, Sagittarius is back asleep already. Like it's just like a mess. <laughs> it's just a mess. You're like dragging <laughs> along Sagittarius. Yeah. Like get your shit together. Like let's go. And then I'm just like late. I'm late. I'm late everywhere. I'm always late to work because it just because I could you not if someone had a hidden camera in my room. It's it's literally like what took you so long to get here? It's like well I sat in my bed fighting with myself for like an hour. <laughs> And that was that. And they're like, oh, uh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I love it. Oh, truly, I love you so much. This has been I so... Love you too, so, so, so good talking to you. All the many sides of Truly, which I think I'm going to name the podcast episode. <laughs> um, many sides of Truly Polite, um, which is her real name, by the way, you guys. Um, for those who are wondering, that's really Truly's name is, is Truly Polite. Um... So thank you so much. Do you have any final thoughts before before we leave while you still have the platform? And then where can people find you if they want to connect with you? Okay. You can find me on Instagram at truly petty with three T's. That's T-R-U-L-Y-P-E-T-T-T-Y. Um, you can find me on Instagram at underscore truly train wreck spell it the way you would expect to spell it uh you can follow me on twitter if you want to twitter's twitter's a mess like if ever there was a space where my sagittarius rising is running wild it's on twitter there is no curation there are no goals it is who i am in this moment right now someone give me a phone and i'm typing it as uh, i would recommend instagram and my final words for everyone is thank you so much for listening thank you for being patient and kind with me and giving me the space to say what i had to say and hopefully even if all things didn't resonate there's something for you to take from it. Um, I enjoy reading people's charts. I do it for free. I like pulling cards for people. If you just want three cards pull, you can hit me up on Instagram. I do that for free as well. Anything deeper than that? I might try to, I might not. It really just depends how I feel. I'm very intuitive. So if you're like, oh my gosh, I got a problem and I need help trying to solve it. Mm-hmm. I'm that girl. Can I solve my own problems? No. I solve other people's problems. Like no one's business. Mm-hmm. So that's, you can find me. That's who I am. Uh, yeah. Thank you so much, Catherine, for having me on and doing this with me. I love talking to you. Um, I love when we get in our modes of like categorizing people and, you know, even though Game <laughs> of Thrones is dead, new avenues for categorization will arise. Oh, Game of Thrones. I know. Forever. The wah, biggest, wah, wah. the biggest heartbreak of my entire life. Uh, yes. But yeah, no, I, I really do appreciate it truly. And I, I just love you so much and I just can't say thank you enough. So thank you. Yay. I'm so excited for the world to open back up so that I can see you. I know. Same. All right. So there is part two of our two part episode with Miss Truly Polite. I just want to say thank you. Thank you. Thank you to Truly again for doing this. When we recorded this, it was at the height of the Black Lives Matter protests of the summer of 2020. And so the fact that she took time out of her day, I think she attended um, a protest later that night, if I'm not mistaken. So I think it's really, really, really wonderful that she took time out of her day to speak to all of us. Um, I'm again, so grateful to all of you for your wonderful feedback 
and positive reflections coming from this episode, please follow her. Please support her. Um, let her know that you loved this. Let me know that you loved it and I'll pass it on to her. Um, you can find her at the Instagram link that is down below in the show notes as I think it's changed since we first recorded this. So I wanted to get you that correct link. Um, Like she said, if you're interested in astrology with her, just talking to her, then reach out and see if that's an aligned fit. But again, I just really wanted to say thank you so much, truly. Again, from the bottom of my heart, I love you so much, babe. And um, yeah, let's make this a brighter future. Let, let's make this a future that's and a present that's beautiful for all of us um, and that's equitable and something that, you know, we want to bring children into and, and just build a better world with, basically. Um, so thank you again, truly. And if you liked this episode or you like any of the episodes, of the Soul Rediscovery Podcast, please go ahead and rate, subscribe, leave us a review, write me in, DM me at Katherine Whaler, uh, actually at Katherine underscore Whaler (laughs) um, on Instagram. And uh, yeah, let me know how you're loving the episodes. Let us know which episodes you want to see more of in 2021. I think I'm probably going to do an episode about the astrology of 2021 next, just so we're all on the same page. My uh, assistant Olivia and I have more conscious Q&As coming up. I have solos planned. I have a ton of interviews with manifestation experts and um, mental health experts and gosh, what else? Tarot, <laughs> all kinds of stuff uh, saved in my computer from just the wonderful episodes that I got to record over 2020. So uh, hopefully get those out to you soon as well. And until the next time we meet, enjoy your rediscoveries. Have a wonderful week, you guys, and let's all commit to changing the world for real. Okay, love you.